You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hello, good friends, and welcome to another episode of the 10,000 Layers Podcast. I'm Kyle Radke here with Julian Andrews. Julian, that's a sweet shirt, dude. Thank you. Yeah, I know the listeners can all see it, so this is a great way to start. I like it. Uh, it's my Damian Lillard shirt. Lillard, 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 Lillard. That is what it says. Uh, tough, tough, uh, tough week for the Blazers, not going to lie. But, uh, you know, still love Lillard. Yeah, I want to actually we'll, – we'll, this, this reminds me. I want to get into some coaching stuff with the Blazers um, with you. I don't know if that's that's today or later this week, but um, just some interesting stuff from there. But, Julian, people can see your T-shirt because we are – remember, we're putting this on to oh, YouTube, yeah. which um, I think we honestly had like 20 people watch our YouTube video from last week. So um, – which, you know, it's actually probably 20 more people than we, than we had listening to the podcast before. So um, that's good. So if you're just sitting there and you're like, man, I wish – I wish I could watch these guys talk instead of just listen. Well, <laughs> you are in luck. Yeah, well, I'll, I'll watch a conversation instead of uh, listen. Yeah, if you, it's a little bit more natural to eavesdrop where you can also see people's That's true. faces. Not that this is eavesdropping because, you know, we're putting yeah. it out for this yeah. purpose. But You're invited. Everybody's invited to eavesdrop. Um, yeah, we're, we're glad to have you. We're also glad to have DraftKings as our sponsor. Um, like... You know, unfortunately, yesterday I put together a DraftKings pool for the Mayweather and uh, Logan. Is it Logan Paul, Jake Paul, Rand Paul? One of the Pauls. Um, um, I'm going to say not Rand Paul. Probably not Rand Paul. Uh, no, I put together a lineup for, for, for uh, a free pool for that, which was a lot of fun. Um, but I ordered the I ordered the fight from Showtime and the stream didn't work which I think was uh, kind of the case for like millions of people. Um, but, but uh, second round of the playoffs. So you can put in, um, you know, your lineups and, and, and everything, use the code TBPN and, and, you know, get a chance at a little something extra. Um, yeah. But I've honestly been kind of addicted to their pool play. If you go on their homepage, it says free pools. Uh, there's currently one in the NBA about the bot, like Boston's next coach. And basically how it works is they call it a popularity contest. And if you pick, the name that that the most people pick basically you win oh um, which means you'll likely have a lot of winners but it's just kind of a cool thing to 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 play like okay huh. who do who do other fans think the next coach will yeah, be yeah that's interesting um so i've i've been kind of checking that stuff out so you should too um again code tbpn see draftkings.com for more details um yeah that's going really well julian some big news over the weekend um i think i texted you this i, I don't really know for sure um, 
we were kind of off the grid again for the second great weekend or the second straight weekend, second great weekend. It was a second great weekend as well. Nice. Um, and this won't be the three stars card corner, but um, I said goodbye to a, to a good friend of mine, Mike Trout, my PSA eight rookie. It came back on Friday, um, two, three stars sports cards. It came back at um, I think like five thirty PM. I got an alert that it was back in the store. Um, the store closes at six. And I said, you know what? I'll just wait until Monday when, when we get back from the weekend. And then about 30 seconds passed. And I said, hmm, I should just go get it right now. So I did. Um, you know, the PSA 8 was disappointing because the 10 was about $4,000, um, you know, selling right away. The 9 was about $1,500. And the 8 is about $1,000. So um, I was hoping for a 9 or 10. And it came came back as an eight but for a card you like found in your garage or yeah, whatever. Found, it, found it in a shoebox you know like yeah. what it's kind of what what really what can you what can you expect like if you found a thousand dollar bill in your shoebox that's you'd be you'd be psyched yeah i mean the only like the only thing that i would complain to myself about is that i sent it into psa and i could have sold it raw for like 900 to uh. 950 dollars. so i paid 200 dollars to get it super expressed um you know, it's still, an, you're right, it's still an $800 win, which, yeah. like, in the, in the card world is, uh, like, huge. Um, so, whatever. We, we you know, uh, nice. no, no, we can't, we shouldn't complain. Um, but, yeah, those, the, the thing is, doing like, people ask, like, okay, that's, like, an iconic card. That's a hold. And I would say to anybody that can afford to hold it, I would say hold those cards. Um, for the listeners that know me, I have a wedding in September, and... Like we're everything, we're just throwing everything together, and then at the end, we'll just have this fund, and hopefully, we have some left over. Um, and then, you know, maybe I'll take some of that and reinvest it in some of the cards that I want to buy again. Um, you know, but for me, like the whole purpose is get my personal collection cards and then um, sell the other ones that you need. So if you, yeah, if you can afford to keep the the Holy Grail cards, keep them. Um, if you need to sell them, there's there's no shame in that. Yeah. Um, Okay, let's get to NBA playoff stuff. So a lot of stuff to talk about since we last talked. Um, I guess we can just kind of run down the list uh, and, and like jump in, Julian, with any observations here. Yeah. Utah over Memphis, 4-1. to one. They advance to the next round, um, and they'll play the Clippers, who beat Dallas in the Game 7 yesterday. Yeah, um, kind that of was disappointing showing for the Mavs, huh? Really was. Um, I don't like the Mavs, so I was happy about it. But uh, I know you are a, a big Doncic guy, so. I mean, it's just so it's so frustrating to watch because uh, I, I was wearing my Luka Doncic All Star jersey with a Dallas Mavericks hat, and I'm not even like a huge Dallas fan. I just I really liked Luka, and it's just so frustrating. And I can't even imagine what it's like to be an actual fan of them. I'm just like a yeah, um, like four games a year. I, I get excited, um, like. Poor Zingas is so bad. Yeah, dude. He's not what they thought they were getting. Like, I saw somebody tweet that it was the Tim Hardaway Jr. trade now. And seriously. he's been actually better. Like <laughs> I don't know. The, I don't know. It's tough though. It's it's Mavs are one of those teams where it's like, okay, both these guys are still young. You're not probably that worried, but then I'm also kind of hearing maybe Carlisle is like on the outs. Like, I don't I don't really know what's going on there because I would not be expecting to win in the, what is this, Luca's second year, third year? Mm -hmm. Second. Second year. Like, what team no, is third. really, 
Third, third, third yeah. Year. What team is really competing for a championship in a star player's third year? You know, I know I, I agree. Um, but it's like for the second straight year, you see a series that you could have won that maybe you shouldn't have won. And like you look at the team and you're like, I don't know, you, you get to the point where it's like fun, where it's like, okay, oh, yeah, like Tim Hardway Jr. is kind of a fun player. And but the same thing, I was, I was watching the game with a buddy yesterday and I was just like, Tim Hardway Jr. might be the second best player on this team. And that's like, yeah, and that's and that's good for Tim Hardway, I guess, but bad, like bad for the overall Mavericks because the, yeah, like, the team's I, just not very good. Like Luca's amazing, but if you take Luca off that team, they like, I don't know, they're probably in the they're like low lottery, you know. I yeah. there's only so much that Luca can do. I think there's Luca has looked so kind of invincible at times. But he also, you know, has moments where it's like, okay, like you definitely are not, you're still young. Um, I think it's easy to forget that, especially with all the hype that's around him. Well, it's justified. He's obviously an extremely good player. He does things that nobody else does. But at the same time, I don't know, is he ready to actually carry a team? I think that that's a worthwhile conversation to have because, not because it takes anything away from Luca, because, you know, who is ready to totally carry a team in their third season? Not very many guys, I would argue. But at the same time, if you're thinking about team building and you're trying to win now, like you have to be able to say, okay, like how far can this one guy actually take us in any given game? Because the thing about a game seven, as we just saw, is it's like you've won that game and you're out. So I don't know. I don't know. I, I think the Mavs are kind of a weirdly built team. I've kind of always thought that. And I totally understand the hype around Luca, but I never really got the hype around the Mavs. So in some ways I feel slightly vindicated because I think the Clippers are pretty good and I thought the Mavs were pretty bad, but I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. Um, uh, I think those are all good points. I, I like, you know, in the playoffs, you realize the cute, like the, the fun, cute players and the fun, cute lineups that work in the regular season. And then you get to the playoffs and you're like, okay, yep, this is what we need to do. And, um, you know, it, it, like I, it's no surprise. Actually, I just went to go check out Porzingis's contract. Um, he is the uh, most viewed contract on Spotrack right now. Spotrack, Spotrack. I'm not sure. Um, that website where you can look at every player's contract. He's under contract through um, 2024 because he's got the uh, 31 million next year, 33 million in 2022-23, and then what? he has a player option for 23 24 that's worth 26 million or 36 million so um they're not getting rid of them yeah that's no good yeah that's 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 tough um okay but that'll be a, that'll be a fun series um they've got first game game one starts on tuesday between the the jazz and the clippers which will be a fun series and then out in the in the, in the lower half of the bracket you have denver beat portland four to two um we can get into Portland, I guess, in a little bit here. And then you have Phoenix beats the Lakers 4-2 to as well. Um, I guess, first off, um, I, we can talk about Denver more as we, we get into the playoffs. And, like, somebody brought up a good point, you know, asking if Denver's better with Jamal Murray than without him. And I don't I don't know about that. but um, They are they, better. They are better with Jamal Murray. Yeah, right? Like, that, that seems, um, like, clear. But Portland um, – they, they fire Terry Stotts or, or they, they agree to part ways over yep. the weekend. Um, you know, I, you know, Terry Stotts in that relationship reminds me a lot of like what, like Flip Saunders was to the, the Timberwolves, like maybe not necessarily like the best coach, 
but a coach that all the players really, really liked and like really embraced himself with the, 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 the team and the city. Um, but just one of those things where you probably need some, some, some new, new life. At coach. I think it's more about a change than it is about it. Like getting rid of stats necessarily, because you know, I, I get it. Like he has, he's struggled in the playoffs a lot, but at the same time, like you got to put this into perspective. Like when he came in, this was after the, kind of Greg Oden, Brandon Roy, LaMarcus Aldridge teams had just fallen apart. The franchise was a mess. They drafted Lillard. He's the only coach that Lillard has ever had in the NBA. Um, and he's been successful. I mean, he took us to the Western Conference Finals. Like, we made the playoffs more than the Blazers ever have in my lifetime. So, I don't know. A huge shout-out to kind of what Stotts, the culture and the, um, like, organization that Stotts was able to build. But, yeah, I think it is probably time to – I mean, well, clearly it is. But I think I agree that it's time to look in other directions. Um, I hope that the looking in other directions doesn't stop with the coach. Um, because I think that there are probably – I don't know how much difference another coach would have made with this roster. Just because, like – and I've said it on the bot. I actually really like this roster. I think that mm-hmm. there are some really positive things. But at the same time, they are kind of – if they're hitting their threes, they're going to kill you. And if they're missing your threes – they're going to lose. And I think that's kind of how the team is built. And I am a big fan of CJ and some of the other supporting players on this team, but I think it's probably time to kind of shake things up in a bigger sense. Um, Yeah. I I wasn't able to see it. Everybody just told me that Damian Lillard, did he have like a list of coaches that he put out or no, he, so he talked to Chris Haynes, which is like basically his guy. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. and he said that he wanted like Kid or Chauncey Billups, and then Woj tweeted a different list of like some other guys that were on the list. Um, I think it's all a little bit overplayed. I think guy kind of wears his emotions on his sleeve, and so it's kind of like, yeah, they had just lost. He's saying what he wants, but I don't think this whole like because Kid doesn't want to come to Portland, Lillard's going to leave thing is. Mm-hmm has very many legs, but I don't know, maybe they'll hire Phillips. So I think would actually be a pretty good hire. Um, glad they didn't hire kid. I don't know exactly what about his tenure as a coach, like people see and think is good. Um, in addition to him being a domestic abuser. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, yeah, there was some other good coaches on that list. I hope they take a look at DV. That's I mean, what, that, that's the name I was going to bring up. Yeah. So, so we'll see what happens. I think, I think there's a kind of a wait and see thing with the Blazers right now, but um I don't know. I'm not. I'm not like advocating for trading CJ, but I think you have to see what you can get at least, especially if you can re-sign Norm Powell, who might be a better fit at the two next to Lillard, just because he's a better defender, he's bigger. Um, I don't know. It's a tough situation because like CJ and Lillard have really kind of brought this uh, professionalism and legitimacy to Portland in a way that the organization just never really had before them for a really long time, and so to break them up, um, I think is a little bit more difficult than people think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hopefully DV at least gets, gets an interview or, or yeah. you know, gets, gets looked at. Um, yeah. It's, it's going to be interesting too. Um, we'll get, we'll get into the East. We'll talk about Boston a little bit and, and about obviously everything that's happened in the last like seven days for them too. But um, Chauncey Billups seems like a, would be, he'd be a fit in, in Boston as well. Um, all right. Phoenix beat the Lakers. Uh, the Lakers are such a weird team because Yes, if they're healthy, you know they they probably maybe beat the Suns. I don't I I don't know. I I'm just like really sick of the 
and I'm I'm a big LeBron guy. Uh, I'm oh, yeah. I, I always have been, but I am just so sick of the like going into the tournament. It, this comparison is probably not good or fair, but it reminded me. Bring it little, on. <laughs> it reminded me a little. I, I hate saying this because I'm not comparing these two people at all, but these two statements are very similar as far as like you're basically projecting a loss. Um, he reminded me when when LeBron, LeBron said like going into the the playing tournament talking about how like no, his team doesn't deserve to do that and blah 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 and how the the whole system's messed up and then he was kind of talking about the injuries and they, the team really was never the team and which is all kind of true but it re reminded me of like before the election when Trump was basically like if <laughs> if I lose like it's because of fraud and it's like and then you know the Lakers lose and then you know all the quotes come out about how it, yeah you know if we were unhealthy this would have been a totally different team and it's like well yeah but also that's, that's true of every team that's every, every single like the nuggets lost jamal murray and they were able to, to 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 win you know in six games so like i get it but that's i mean that that's the risk you take when you say hey we're the lakers and we're gonna have lebron and ad and then we're gonna kind of fill the rest of our roster up with guys that that we can um that's like been lebron's model throughout his whole career is like you have like well i mean besides miami but you basically have like one or two good guys yep. and then the rest of your team is these guys that get paid afterwards because they were on this team. Um, it'll be interesting to see what's, what, what's next for them because obviously LeBron's not getting younger. You don't doubt them. You don't doubt that they can make another, like a, a huge run next year, assuming everybody's healthy because AD is still one of the best players in the, in the league too. But you just wonder what, like what the next step is as far as like, who they're going to acquire or what names we're going to hear or what they're going to make. Cause like, yeah, I mean, they need to start putting some of their future first in play. Like I think they need to make a trade. And I think that the Lakers are kind of sometimes hesitant to do that because they think they can just sign whoever they want. Um, but I don't know. A lot of the best names in the league are spoken for. So who are they going to get? Like who's a free agent? Must they get like Kawhi or something, but I don't know how you make that money work. No, I, so yeah. I don't, I don't know, man. I, I think that, I mean, probably the best, the best situation, I think the best scenario for the Lakers is probably you trade for like a really like solid third guy. I don't think, mm -hmm. I mean, obviously you're not getting a guy that's better than LeBron or AD, but you need something here. And I think that there is like a certain amount of arrogance that goes with the Lakers. And it's the thing that makes everybody hate the Lakers. And mm -hmm. I hate the Lakers too. Um, and I enjoyed watching the Suns beat them. I do want to say though, like, the thing that one of the things that bothers me the most about this is it kind of like undermines the Suns. Yeah. And they were awesome. Like Devin like, Booker, so good. They Aiden. played really, really well. Aiden really stepped up when everybody said he wouldn't. Um, Devin Booker was incredible. They kind of played through an injury to Chris Paul, who's so talk about managing injuries. Um, I don't know, man. I, I think they're really dangerous. I'll just yeah, say I got, a, I got, a, got a little bit of money going on though okay that we'll a boy <laughs> um well i mean gamble responsibly from our friends at DraftKings. um it, yeah it is interesting um like trey young and deandre ayton just won a playoff uh round uh and you have luca who's yeah. i think everybody would agree would be the best player out of those three but we look back at that draft and we think that it was so lopsided but it's just you know goes to show like how team building and um, you know, there's different ways to build a team. DeAndre Hunter's and, been good. Yeah. And DeAndre, yeah, DeAndre Hunter's been good and, and Trey Young. And um, yeah. Okay. Let's go in the East. 
Um, Philly beat Washington four to one. The the Hawks beat the Knicks four to one, which I wasn't necessarily maybe surprised that the Hawks won. I just didn't know if it'd be in five games. But then on Sunday, the Hawks uh, steal a game one, and I know Embiid's hurt. Um, but I mean, if you're a Philadelphia fan, how the series ended in Washington against Washington, and obviously how this series starting, like you don't feel great probably. No, Trey Young has become such a villain, and I have to say, like, I hate Trey Young as everybody else does, but he has really embraced that role, and I think it's really good for the league what's happening with Trey Young right now, um, just because he's he's a villain because he's successful, you know, and he's good, and it's like he's actually really showing up for this team and leading them to some. I didn't expect them to beat the Knicks. The Knicks swept nope. them in the regular series. Um, I certainly didn't expect them to do very well against Philly, but here we are. You know, they're up, they're up one nothing. So I I think it's good to have a lot of competitive teams in the league. And so although I don't like the way that Trey draws fouls and you know, all of that, um, I think that this development is is a fun thing for the NBA. Um, I, I do agree. I think is uh, I mean that that and that's what's so fun about the playoffs is like in in the regular season, yep, you see Trey Young puts up 34 and like Maybe you watch it. Maybe you don't. You're just kind of looking at the stat lines, but then you watch the playoffs and, and especially against the Knicks, you're like, you know, you're just like, oh my gosh, like Trey Young, he's annoying, but he's also really good. Um, Definitely so, an all-star. Yeah. Uh, so that, that, that's a fun series to, to watch. Um, and then, I mean, also, you know, I watched that the, their win over the Knicks and they gave a, it was so funny because they gave the standing ovation to the Knicks. Um, and then, with about 45 seconds left and then Trey young came up and pulled up a deep three and made it and did a little bow to the crowd. And they're like, gosh, darn it. We were trying to give our team a standing know, ovation. Right? It's so it's um, so funny. The stuff he does, but I mean, his passing is it's insane. Yeah. Pretty underrated too. But if you're the Knicks, I mean, I think they have like $55 million of cap space this summer. Yeah. So um, the Knicks are fine, but, good. but they really got to figure out what's going on with Julius Randle because to have your best player disappear for an entire series is not good. I think the goal um, next year probably is that Julius Randle isn't your best player. Right. And yes. that's not to say, like, obviously he had like an all NBA season. Um, like Julius Randle, keep doing what you're doing, but also if you're going to compete for a top four seed and like maybe a run in the playoffs, you probably need somebody right above him to to help out too. Who um, do you think it'll be? Well, I, I think a lot of it really depends on how some of these playoffs, you know, if Kawhi. Yeah, if the, what if, if the Clippers the, lose? The thing is that the Clippers lose or the win, I could see Kawhi leave, right? Like he's such yeah, a interesting a guy. Like he left after they won a title in Toronto. Chris um, Paul. Yeah. This is the thing though. If this Phoenix team makes a deep run, I do not see Chris Paul bailing. I it, Yeah, I don't know tough. why he would. Because if you if you want to win a title, um, You're not gonna find a better situation than Phoenix in New York. No. Yeah. I I agree. Um okay. Would you, yeah, would you rather play with Michael Bridges or Alec Burks? Well, um, uh, not, not that Alex Burks is bad, but just I'm thinking like, I guess and that's probably the fourth I mean, best player on that team. So I guess it's more like Bridges or Reggie Bullock. I don't know. Yeah, definitely, definitely, definitely Bridges. Um, the thing with the Knicks roster, and this is just like a tip special, is that he brings these guys back from the dead. Like Alec yeah, Burks. Like Taj. He was, <laughs> yeah, like, well, I mean, Taj Gibson's going to play till he's 70. But like, Alec Bridget or uh, Alec Burks, I had not heard that name in like three years. Like, like I think he played for the Warriors for a little bit, and then I'm watching playoff games, and he's like 
just hitting ridiculous shots. And I'm like, what? I, you could have told me this guy played in China, and I would have, I, I would have thought that was maybe true. And I'm, I'm laughing, but like, props to Alec Burks. You know, like it's great. Yeah. It's really awesome. Good what job he's by him. Just, I'm just saying, if you're Chris Paul, like, there's probably a, I don't know. You're not. Yeah, you're just not improving your situation by leaving. Really. So we'll see what happens. I agree. Um, the Bucks beat uh, and sweep the the Heat, which I think we talked about a little bit already. Awesome. Um, Brooklyn beats Boston four to one, um, and then Brooklyn beats Milwaukee in Game One on Saturday. The bad news, obviously, for Brooklyn is um, James Harden on the very first play or possession oh. out with a, a hamstring injury. They're calling it a hamstring tightness, um, but I think we've it's all tough, been though. we've we've all been through this like song and dance before with teams where. We don't know how bad it is, but just judging from the James Harden's body language on Saturday, and I think Steve Nash after the game said he was heartbroken for yeah, he for did. Harden. Um, it doesn't seem like he'll be back in this series. Hopefully, I'm wrong. Um, you'd like to see them at full strength, um, you know, and and maybe he's out for the playoffs. I don't I don't know. Um, you know, we'll, we'll we'll see. But obviously, that's a huge, uh, uh, you know just not it what sucks. you want. I mean, it, I was actually enjoying, I was like enjoying watching Harden for the first time in my life. Yeah. You know, but the Nets just, I, he's such a smart player. And I think that he just, I mean, it's hard to say he doesn't get enough credit because, you know, he's like an MVP candidate every year. But yeah. at the same time, like I know that he has this kind of, this idea around him of being just somebody who kind of works the game and draws fouls and like the step backs and the travels that everyone's worried, you know? So, but I think that just like seeing him on a good team, like you got to remember like none of those Houston teams, except for maybe the one with Chris Paul were any good. So he's just had to carry them. And so like seeing them play with other players that he actually trusts is, is awesome. Cause he's a great passer. Like we know this, he's a great rebounder. So it's just seeing him do everything and like work within a team was so fun. So I'm really sad that he's out, but I guess it's a KD show and we know what KD can do. So, yeah, I don't want to, I, I don't want to ever say that it's not a, it's not a good thing that Harden is out, but I, I just wonder maybe if it's like, if, if it for just for a few days or for a week, maybe like Brooklyn's offense gets less complicated and it's like, okay, like give, give the ball to Katie and Kyrie and like, let's make this work. Um, I don't know if like, uh, unfortunately you're playing against a very good Brooklyn or uh, my Milwaukee team where oh, they beat the hell out of them. They, they did. The and if you're, time. if you're Milwaukee, you're probably like, Oh boy. Like, they, you know, we're in, we're in big trouble if, if Harden comes back and we're probably in big trouble anyway. So, um, it, this also might be good. Uh, it sucks to say, uh, you know, if Harden misses extended time, this might be good for Katie's kind of legacy perception. Yeah. That's a good point. Like it falls in, yeah. You, the, Katie carries the team to the finals without right. without Harden. Yeah, yeah. So we'll see. Something to be said for that. Um, let's get to Boston here. Um, this this happened last week, and I was going to call you, and I was like, let's do like maybe let's do an emergency podcast. And I realized we're not a Boston Celtics podcast, but um, <laughs> but super interesting. So Danny Ainge uh, re- retires, or, or they like steps down. I guess I don't know. I don't know what the official Please. language was. Uh, yeah, <laughs> but. Basically, I mean, for weeks, um, there were reports trickling out that basically Danny Ainge was going to leave and, and probably because I, I guess his idea was to have his son take over for him, which um, what great what what great job qualifications we have um, in, oh, in yes. the NBA. But uh, I, I guess and basically the writing was on the wall that that just kind of wasn't going to happen after the, how the last few years have gone for Boston. So Danny Ainge steps down. 
Um, you can argue that he maybe will go to somewhere in Utah where I think he has a friend or I think Portland was actually um, in the Rumorville of, of places that he could join as, as an NBA exec. But Ooh, we'll the, see. The Rumorville. The Rumorville. Um, but the one. juicier here, the, the juicier story is uh, without really any warning to fill Danny Ainge's spot, Boston picks Brad Stevens. And so stupid. that is very strange to me. Uh, and I'm not, I don't know if it's necessarily a bad move. It's just an unusual move of somebody with no front office experience. Um, and now they have to go find a coach and, and, you know, I think like the, the, like some of the, the names out there, like Chauncey Billups, um, maybe somebody like David Vanderpool gets interviewed. I don't know. I, I didn't really hear his name, but, um, but what a weird, like, decision right very like, strange I, turn of events it's so i mean the question i guess is like is this something that brad stevens asked for or is this something that the team went to him about because if this is something that he asked for and he said i want to do this i'm tired of coaching i want to be the general manager i want to try the front office i get it like you want to keep brad stevens in the organization he's done a good mm-hmm. job um, i think the idea he, there's kind of floating around that you know, there are a lot of takes on this floating around, and one of them is that he's an overrated coach. Don't think that's the case. I agree. Um, he's a re- really good coach. So if this is if this is Brad Stevens saying, this is the next step I want to take in my career, this is, you know, I want to do this, great. If this is Boston going to their very good head coach and saying, please, will you stop being our head coach and start doing a job that you've never done before and that historically coaches are not good at, um, that is to me an obviously worse decision. Um, so it sucks because it's like, yeah, if you're Boston, you probably want Brad Stevens coaching, but at the same time, he might be good. Like he's a smart guy, but at the same time, like there's no, they're different skill sets, you know, coaching well. And I guess he was a college recruiter, but I mean, he was a college recruiter for a small college. Mm-hmm. So I don't know, man. <laughs> it's a tough one. I, I, if they if they hire a bad coach and this goes south, this is going to be a, a total disaster. And recruiting players to to Butler is different than trying to get oh, yeah. players to sign in a city that's historically racist. Yes. So, um, yes. And they they continue to not do themselves any favors. Um, uh, with, yeah. With, with, <laughs> with some of the things they do. Um, yeah, it'll be interesting um, because from from some of the stuff I was reading. Um, some of like I think Kevin O'Connor from the Ringer reported some of it. Basically, like Brad Stevens is a family guy, um, and the last season and a half have just been very, very draining on him. And he needed some sort of break, which yes, a uh, break running of NBA franchise. Right? And, and that's kind of the thing where it's like, yeah, maybe you're not traveling as much, but also like that's being a coach. Like, you know, like. I, I totally get it. Like going to the bubble and being away from your family and traveling all the time, like that's a grind, but also it's, I mean, that's kind of part of being like what a coach is. Um, it's a job, yeah. Yeah. But uh, we'll, yeah, see. we'll see. It's, this is like a big TBD, you know, cause this could be totally fine. Maybe Brad Stevens is a great executive and then it's like, Oh shit. Good yeah. job, Boston. I'll be but, interested to see yeah. what their, what their coaching hire is. It'll probably tell us a lot of like what, what direction they're going or like, you know, how they're building their team. Like if they're It'll trying... tell us too how much control Brad Stevens really has, you know? Yeah. Like we'll see if he gets his guy or if ownership decides you know, there's somebody that they want. It is interesting too, because you'll, I think we'll get a feel real quick for what players Brad Stevens thought fit in with the Celtics <laughs> and which ones didn't. Yeah, right. Um, okay. Hey, Pritchard, he's taken over. Yeah. Well, I think, yeah, I think Marcus Smart is probably gone. Um, okay. Well, we went through the playoffs. Um, 
that's fun. Um, I think, I mean, like Vegas favorites or DraftKings favorites for the Western Conference Finals is probably Clippers, Suns, and then the East, it's probably Nets, and I would imagine the 76ers are still favorites to win that series. But um, fun stuff all around. Um, Good playoffs still. Yeah, very fun. Very fun to watch. Um, And now we're getting to the point where every night is kind of like must-see TV because all these – uh, tonight uh, we're recording this on a Monday. We have the Bucks and the Nets, and the Nuggets, Nuggets and Sun. the Suns. I'm so psyched for that series. I think it's gonna be really good. Um, yep, I think it's gonna be really good. I think we're gonna look back at some of these numbers that that Jokic is putting putting up and just be like, he's so oh, good. Like, what is happening? I um, cannot, I cannot say a bad word about Jokic, even though he just beat my favorite team. It's just like, I know. It's incredible. The stuff he does is just incredible. It's I don't even know how to explain it. He's, he's different than any other player we've ever seen. He's not the best player we've ever seen, but it's just like what he does is it's nuts. It's it's you're like that, that's not how you play basketball, and you're like, oh yeah, no, that's like the most beautiful way to play basketball. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, sweet. Uh on tap for this week. I know we gave you guys only one podcast last week. Sorry. Um yeah, we honestly I'm I'm just gonna say this. Um Jonathan from the Luke Walton talks Lakers. Uh, he told me that he was supposed to join the show. Um, he's also on a on a TBPN podcast. Uh, he told me that he was too sad to join the show because he was supposed to join the show a day after the Lakers lost to the Suns. Um, and I said, okay. Uh, so hopefully they join us this week. I want to talk about the Lakers, what's next for them. And then we're going to talk to L.A. Ray, uh, convenient name, um, about the Clippers and kind of where they're at. So hopefully we have we have two podcasts focusing on some other teams um on one team in the playoffs trying to make a run and then one team trying to figure out what to do um kind of in the aftermath of of losing in the first round for the the first time in LeBron's career so um I mean other sports takes Julio Jones got traded yeah this is a basketball podcast nobody wants to hear about that but I don't that's that seemed weird to me I don't we don't have to get too far in the weeds here because again we're it's a basketball podcast but a second I think it was a second and a fifth round pick for Jones and a for a six like that seemed. It seems to me like if you're a team vying for the Super Bowl, why not give up like a second and a fourth? Like I know you have to make the money work, but NFL trades are weird to me. I don't understand them. NBA trades, like teams give up like 13 first round picks, and NFL trades, it's like, hey, here's a six round pick for a Pro Bowler, and you're like, I'm like, what? Some yeah, I don't really play. understand the NFL at all. I like watching football, but I don't get it. Yeah, I, you know, we'll see. I I like them on the Titans though. Yeah, it seems like I think it, that's gonna be they're gonna be scary. Yeah. Seems so like AJ Brown's still good and like having somebody to take a little bit of the heat off of him. It's funny I'm talking about Julio Jones is taking the heat off of AJ Brown, but AJ Brown is better than him last year. But anyways, we'll see. Yeah, I agree. Uh okay, Julian, thanks for um being here as always. Have a yeah. great week. Um everybody listening, you guys rock. Um hopefully we'll talk to you two more times this week. Um we'll talk to you next time.